Podcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubak Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your host TJ Bowser and Jared Bachman Stubbs. And welcome to episode 30 of the Newback Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. And joining me today is longtime listener, longtime fan, Chad Chrisman. Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. So today is September 26, 2018. We are 196 days from Star Wars Celebration Chicago, 450 days from Star Wars Episode 9. And how many days until the 7th, I think I said, for existence, which is, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven days from Star Wars Resistance. Uh, so, Chad, how was your week? Oh, it's long, man. <laughs> but it's really good. You know, I get to spend time with my kids now that I'm home more. And uh, it's been really good, actually. That's good. That's, that's very good to hear. Uh, so, we got a couple questions here. Uh, why do you like Star Wars? Uh, you know, it's because I think... When I was really young, it's, it's always been there. You know, I had some of my first memories are watching Star Wars with my dad, my whole family. Um, I, one of the when we got first got our very first VCR, uh, I think that weekend we rented Star Wars and Return or not Return of the Jedi, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, that was one of my first memories was watching Star Wars at home with my dad, and it's just something we always kind of shared, and it's really been special to me because of that. And I love the mythology, I love the characters, the story of hope. You know, you just never give up, and it's, it's really awesome. That's just really spoke to me. Excellent. That's a very good reason to like Star Wars. <laughs> what is your favorite character, and why? Uh, my favorite character is probably Yoda. Uh, I don't know why. It's just, I, I've always really liked him. He was just this old venerable Jedi, but he had this really great sense of humor. You know, he was all powerful and he didn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. It's very good. EU or canon? Oh, no, that's a slippery slope there. I, I, I used to really be all about the EU. Uh, right around the time the Yuzon Vong storyline started, and it just kind of lost me there. Uh, it seemed really derivative of uh, the Dominion War that was going on in Star Trek at the time. Where they're facing this unbeatable foe, and it just—it just seemed like it was copying something else, and it just, they just lost me. Uh, so I, part of the EU, but I'm, I'm going to say more canon than anything. Okay, I can roll with that. So there's a big uh, debate going on right now with uh, do back discussion <laughs> employees. Boba versus Django. What, what's your uh, input on this? I don't really feel that we saw enough of what Boba Fett could do, at least in the movies. Uh, we've had mostly EU for him. I like Django. I'm kind of on the fence there. I don't really have a favorite, but we saw how much of a badass Django was. Okay. Uh, so you say Django? Um, slightly more. Ooh. Okay. So episode nine wants and predictions. I really want them to read himself after the last Jedi. I know how much you like it. I know how much you defend it. I I was a little bit disappointed. I was a little bit left down just because of all the uh, all the stuff that JJ J. Abrams set up ahead of time and it kind of seemed like it was thrown out the window and i get why it was i understand the message they were trying to say with the last jedi but i really feel like they need to bring back those plot lines and say you know this is who ray's parents are even if it's nobody we still want to see who they are it may not be that important to the storyline their graves if they're dead right i feel like that just bring closure to her story exactly exactly yeah. give a little more backstory to her character you know we really need to know why she was there. I mean, was Kylo Ren lying to her? There's, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. Uh, but yeah, that's either way. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to enjoy it. Okay. Uh, so we got some star Wars resistance news this week. Uh, first up is we got a plot synopsis for the first five episodes of star Wars resistance. I'll read over these quickly. Uh, star Wars Newsnet reports that with the premiere of Star Wars Resistance just two weeks away, on October 7th, the synopsis for the first five episodes have been revealed following the title reveals last week. According to the Disney Channel, the synopsis for the first episodes of Star Wars Resistance are as follows. The Recruit Part 1 and 2, October 7th, 
that's what I was telling you earlier, Chad, uh, mm-hmm. pre-show, that uh, they're going to air two episodes at once, kind of like give you that grand premiere feeling. Right. Uh, X-Wing pilot Kazuto Ziano is recruited for the Resistance, but finds himself in, in over his head when Poe Dameron assigns him to a remote fueling station to spy on the First Order. Then after Kaz boasts about being the best pilot around, he is forced to compete in a dangerous sky race. Guest starring is Oscar Isaac as Poe, Jim Rash from Community, and Bobby Moynihan from DuckTales? I'm going to guess that's the new DuckTales. Yeah. As Flix and Orca, respectively. The next episode airing on October 14th is called The Triple Dark. Kaz and BB-8 uncover information on an imminent pirate attack and must find a way to stop it. Gwendolyn Christie guest stars as Captain Phasma. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's going to be really great. Uh, Fuel for the Fire, which uh, premieres October 21st, is Kaz befriends a sky racer named Rucklin, who pressures him to take some rare and dangerous hyperfuel hidden in Yeager's office. Elijah Wood, Lord of the Rings guest stars as Jace Rucklin. They got some real star power going here. I like this. this? Yeah, I was reading this ahead of time. Uh... The High Tower, the First Order, arrives at the platform for mysterious reasons. And Kaz and BB 8 are determined to sneak into the tower to find out what they want. Donald Fashion? Fasan? I uh, played in Scrubs. He guest stars as Hype Fazen. Uh, oh, it's like his last name. Yeah, I see that. Oh, that's neat. Uh, what character did he play on Scrubs? I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a long that's time. That's a Google check, real quick here. <laughs> That should uh, fix that. Uh, I watched Scrubs. I enjoyed that show. It was, it was funny. Uh, he played... Oh! What's his name? Dirk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I can see him being a Star Wars guy. Uh, just like a note card. It seems that two-part series premieres the recruit will focus on primarily around protagonist Kazuda Ziano, providing fans an introduction to a new corner of the Star Wars galaxy. The first episodes will also feature Poe Dameron, voiced by Oscar Isaac, who we previously learned recruits Kaz for a secret mission to spy on the First Order. It just kind of goes over the thing. But remember, Sunday, October 7th, we will be getting the premiere on, I think, Disney Channel, with it being followed up by the next episodes premiering on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. I think they put it on the, the, the their bigger channel in order to get it out more and then just kind of shift it over there so they get more ratings on Disney XD. Right. That's just Disney for you. But also was announced a comic book series. If you want to talk about that a little bit, let me just pull up the little thing here. Okay. According to a recent article from Jedi Bibliothek, German illustrator Ingo Romling recently revealed his next venture in the Star Wars universe at the Norris Force Norris Force Con. Starting in 2015, Romling began working with writer Martin Fisher on the 12-page comics that appeared in Star Wars Rebels magazine. With Rebels now over and done, it seems that Romling will be shifting his focus to another Star Wars comic based on the next upcoming animated series, Star Wars Resistance. Romling could not reveal much about the project yet, but was enthusiastic about the designs of the series and the work behind them, especially the anime designs as they contribute something new to the Star Wars saga, which I did pick up on that. I thought it was very interesting. Incidentally, these comics will be different from the ones IDW Publishing will be bringing to Star Wars Adventures in November. Star Wars Resistance is set to premiere on October 7th in the U.S., so future fans of the series should definitely keep an eye out for the comics that are surely soon to follow. Whether or not these will be published as additional content in a magazine similar to the Star Wars Rebels magazine or released on their own remains to be seen, but it's always good to know that more Star Wars content is on the way. So the book's going to, the comic books are going to be like anime manga type thing? It seems that way. Oh, that'll be interesting then. That actually might allow anime fans to adventure over into Star Wars and feel more comfortable. It's always nice to have a little crossover like that. It is. Uh, You know what the show reminds me of? And I think this was brought up in an interview. Robotech. I I get that. I get that. A little bit of Robotech. And it kind of seems a little bit like the the newer Voltron that's on Netflix. Yes. I, I feel like the animation style is very similar. Right. Uh, I'm well, I'm welcome to this type of animation. Uh, I think it visually looks good. And if you have like a 4K or an HDR TV, this is going to look spectacular. It's going to look amazing. Yeah. That'll definitely be... We'll have some... Uh, pre- we'll, we'll do a premiere episode. That's what we'll do. We'll do a premiere episode. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to see a comic book revolving around this uh, television show. I also want action figures. 
let's go off here on this, but uh, the ships in the trailer. I just feel like I need to have those. Oh, you know the kids are going to want those. The the merchandise is going to be huge for this. That's for sure. Kind of like the Forces of Destiny show. Yeah. Uh, So, we got some sad news this week. But before we say the sad news, it was Ashley Eckstein's birthday and Mark Hamill's this week. Ashley Eckstein, you know, playing Ahsoka Tano. Mm -hmm. And Mark Hamill, there's no need to say. Uh, But happy birthday to them. We already gave you shout-outs on our Facebook page. But... We'll do it on the podcast, too. Happy birthday, guys. Yeah, happy birthday. But the sad news, Gary Kurtz passed away at 78. Gary Kurtz, the original producer of Star Wars, has passed away at the age of 78. Kurtz may have not been a household name to many Star Wars fans, but he had a massive impact on the success of the franchise's first two films. A man who challenged George Lucas in the best ways possible helped make Star Wars and its sequel, The Empire Strikes Back, become monumental successes. Many would argue the trilogy doesn't happen without his involvement. The producer's passing has been confirmed by StarWars.com. Initially brought to our attention by the Talking B94, who noticed a statement from Kurtz's family has been posted to the Kurtz Joiner Archive Facebook page, which reads as follows. With deep love and respect, the family of Gary Kurtz is sad to share that he has passed away. He died from cancer on September 23, 2018 in North London, England. Gary was a beloved husband, father, grandfather, friend, colleague, and mentor whose work and talent spanned filmmaking, photography, music, cinema, and cinema history. He was a Marine, a world traveler, and an outdoorsman, and a kind and compassionate human being. His life work was to share in wonder of audiovisual storytelling through the art of film. Well known for his work as the producer of American Graffiti, in a, Lucas, a Lucasfilm movie, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, Dark Crystal, which is like a Jim Henson film. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's really fantastic. Uh, Gary was passionate about telling stories that shared the humanity of characters, and entertaining ways for audiences around the world. Gary was a magnificent man who will be hugely missed. His whole family thanks you for loving thoughts. Peter Mayhew, Mayhew Chewbacca, uh, was the first person of notoriety to acknowledge the passing of legendary producer. He tweets out, R.I.P. Gary Kurtz, great filmmaker, the man who has just passed. Without him, there will be no force. You will be remembered in those incredible films you have made that touch the lives of millions. Uh, he actually challenged George Lucas, and he, that's why he didn't have anything to do with Return of the Jedi, because George was focused more on merchandising than storytelling, mm-hmm. and he voiced that opinion whenever uh, he watched Raider of the Lost Ark for the first time, and he expressed that to George, and George got a little mad. But Gary Kurtz may be gone, but he left a permanent impact on our lives and the lives of Star Wars fans for generations to come. May he rest in peace. He was 78. That's that's a pretty good long life. Yeah, I'm surprised how young he was when he produced Star Wars, though. How, how He would have been in his mid-30s. Oh. At, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. And what people... I, I want to bring this up as a sidebar here. But you knew Kathleen Kennedy is, right, Chad? Yes. Okay. Did you know that she's in the credits for Raiders of the Lost Ark? I did not. What did she do? Executive assist... No. Personal assistant to Steven Spielberg. Really? So he's been along, along, wow. around a lot longer than we thought. So when people say out there, all you fucking haters, say that Kathleen Kennedy has no business, she's the original Lucasfilm. Yeah, she's been there since <laughs> almost the beginning. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, what is that? Three movies? Four movies in? Yeah. THX, American Graffiti, Star Wars, and then... Star, what, what year was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, 1981. Okay, so that would have been... After Empire. Yeah. Year after Empire. Okay. Yep. So she's been around. Original trilogy, prequel trilogy. No, maybe not prequel. She took over right before they sold the company, right? I want to say 2012. Let me do a quick Google yeah, search. That's, that's definitely something you want to Google. But she definitely had a. Uh, some work in Raiders of the Lost Ark. She's born in 53. How old is she? 65. Yeah. 81, she co-founded the production company Alvin Entertainment with Steven Spielberg and husband Frank Marshall. She was a producer on the 82 film E.T. Jurassic Park. Yeah, she was Spielberg's assistant during Raiders of the Lost Ark and has a credit for that. So she's had a lot of experience. 1981 was her first film, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, followed by producing Poltergeist, E.T., Gremlins, 
Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom. Okay, so she is really, uh, she has every right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Followed by ending with the most latest film being untitled Indiana Jones fifth film. <laughs> the one that keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> yes. Uh, how old will Harrison Ford be by the time this movie gets made? Because oh, man. he can't be doing this much longer. Did you watch Blade Runner 2049? Uh, no, I haven't. He should have been in a wheelchair. <laughs> uh, also, we got some more bad news, but I'm going to let Chad talk about that. Bob Iger commented on the future of Star Wars. And let's just say he had a good bit to say about it. Maybe we'll split this article up. It's kind of long. Cover until we get to the bullet points, and then I'll take over. Okay, Disney boss Bob Iger spoke to The Hollywood Reporter about several projects and topics, including Star Wars. When told that many believe, though we find that phrasing to be a bit arbitrary, Disney should pump the brakes and not put out a Star Wars movie every year. Iger responded with a reflection on the recent past, but with his eyes on the future for the franchise. I am sure many versions of the story you'll see floating around will have you believe Bob Iger is saying Disney is halting making Star Wars movies in the near future. But Iger didn't say that. It just seems they will be taking a more logical approach that best fits the Star Wars brand and franchise. What Iger did say does confirm a report of ours from June where several sources gave us a rundown of what happened between Disney and Lucasfilm in regards to Solo, a Star Wars story. Let's take a look at what Disney boss did have to say recently followed by a reminder of what we told you a few months back, which all begins to make much more sense. Iger, in response to the Hollywood Reporter declaration that many Star Wars... That many want Star Wars to slow down, sorry. Uh, He said, I made the timing decision, and as I look back, I think the mistake that I made, I take the blame, was a little too much, too fast. You can expect some slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make films. J.J. Abrams is busy making Episode Nine. We have creative entities, including... Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who are developing sagas of their own, which we haven't been specific about. And we are just at the point where we're going to start making decisions about what comes next after J.J.'s. But I think we're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing. And the buck stops here on that. I feel, and I've said this on the podcast before, it wasn't too much Star Wars too quickly. It was marketing. Normally with these films, there's there's a there's a year long hype. Mm-hmm. We had six months in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, the toys were lackluster. We didn't have Wookie Weekend or Force Friday <laughs> like we, we normally do. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Solo was released in December, if Solo didn't have the reshoots and the five hundred million dollar budget, which is double and a half of a normal Star Wars movie. Uh, a little bit better toy line and a hell of a lot more aggressive marketing campaign. Uh, I feel like it would have been a financial success and this, this wouldn't be happening. I feel like him making the decision to release Solo six months after a Star Wars movie and not showing the trailer at the beginning of a, The Last Jedi mm-hmm. is a big mistake. Absolutely. Uh, that's your target audience. Why would you not do that? I know. It doesn't make any sense. Instead, you spend how much money on a Super Bowl ad which is going to be uh, football fans, right? And the last time I checked, jocks and Star Wars fans don't get real, don't get along that well. Not so much. So it's kind of counterproductive, when if you ask me. Uh, but to finish this article, Iger's initial response to which he pauses as if he catches himself falls directly in line with with, with what I've heard from sources months ago, which we reported to you in this article here. From what piece we told you, bullet point one. In light of the director change and having to nearly reshoot the entire movie, Lucasfilm wanted to move Solo a Star Wars story to December. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I'm not crazy! <laughs> but Disney had enough of their previous film delays and put their foot down. Our source tells us that Disney granted Lucasfilm the budget and time to make all the production changes they needed to fix anything broken with Solo, but that they had time to make the May 25th release date. Okay, why the hell would you hire 21 Jump Street directors and Lego directors to do a goddamn Star Wars movie and expect it to be taken seriously? I still want to see what their original vision would have been, though. Buddy cop humor. <laughs> <laughs> but 21 Jump Street, was an, I, I enjoyed it, so it could have been, it could have been interesting. And I understand that, but I feel like that was more of like a modern comedy film. Right. 
But that doesn't seem to be in Star Wars. Comedy's welcome in Star Wars if you've watched Last Jedi and Solo. I mean, it's prevalent there. But I don't feel like it, the whole movie should be tongue-in-cheek. Which, from reports that I've heard, that's what the entire film was. And that they had storyboards and they had scripts, but they would still improvise. I think they should just release what they shot and just uh, edit it so that it's a parody. <laughs> <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars parody. Yes, that would be excellent. So, second bullet point. In addition to this... Disney told Lucasfilm that they would not let Solo interfere with their plans for Avengers Infinity War. Meaning, Solo would not get any preferential treatment in marketing to make up for lost time to his reshoots and lasting in the fall of 2017. Disney is new in territory, having bought up so many different companies and franchises, they are now quite literally competing with themselves to an extent. Okay, here. Here we go. My feelings on Infinity War and why the fuck... Why would they release Infinity War, Deadpool 2, and then Solo on Memorial Day? Uh, you don't release fucking Solo two weeks after a Marvel movie. No. You made that Marvel movie, Disney. You knew it was going to be big. It's a culmination of all your properties shoved into one film. What the hell did they expect? And then they put Deadpool 2 right there? And then Solo on a weekend where everyone drinks? <laughs> What did you expect? It doesn't even make any sense, though, because releasing Solo two weeks after Infinity War, they're competing with themselves. Exactly. They're only hurting themselves. The movie's not bad. That that's, that's the biggest issue with me, is the movie is not bad by any means. And I'm sure you can agree with me, Chad, mm-hmm. that may, maybe it falls short on one or two things, like every other Star Wars movie, because there's no such thing other as a perfect Star Wars movie, unless you consider Empire. But (laughs) (laughs) I'll agree with you there. Okay. Uh, But do not release films like that. Please just make Star Wars December. Don't do May. May releases were okay in 1977, not in 2018. You do December, you do it where it's nice and cold, where people aren't out partying. And you don't do it after one of your biggest intellectual properties just releases the fourth movie of a franchise that is a culmination of the rest of their franchises. You don't do that. Exactly. And, <laughs> and back then, back in the 80s, they could get away with the, the May releases because they didn't have the big tentpole summer releases like they do now. There were no big blockbusters. Jaws was the very first blockbuster ever, and it still didn't catch on. You know, the Hollywood didn't release their big summer movies until years and years later. And uh, now there's just so much competition. You think it's bad now. Wait until the Disney and Fox merger goes through. <laughs> they're really going to be stumbling <laughs> over themselves. Yes. They're, they're going to have so much stuff going on. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Disney's going to get a whole lot bigger. Oh, yeah. Lucasfilm is returning. Focus to one project at a time per medium. So right now, the only projects in development are F9, <laughs> Resistance, live-action TV show with John Favreau, who is, which is going to focus around Mandalore post Return of the Jedi. Really? Yes. Awesome. So it's going to, we're not getting a Boba Fett movie, but we're getting a movie with, from the, from the planet that his armor is from. Boba Fett's not Mandalorian. Right. He's from Concord Dawn. I don't consider him Mandalorian. Neither does any other Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, his armor certainly is. So that means those boys in the Mandalorian Merc cosplay group are about to get a whole lot more material to play. But anyway, it sounds like they will continue to develop a solid structuring among those three departments under the Lucasfilm banner, with Dave Filoni still heading the animation department. We want Dave Filoni to do a live-action movie. Give the man the fucking money. Let him run with it. That way, we'll get still get that feeling of Lucas-era Star Wars, and we will still have the amazing story. Now, I'm sure a Dave Filoni movie would just be fucking off-the-wall nuts. Because he literally is. Have you watched Rebels? There's a giant force god named the Bendu in it. <laughs> like, it takes over a planet and fights Grand Admiral Thrawn. That happens in a TV show, people, that was aimed at kids. <laughs> there was a god fighting a chiss. <laughs> if you really want to, if I'm a realist, like, that's literally what happened. Uh, they ki- He killed off all the main characters in the last season. He killed off... I don't care if this is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! I don't it's, care. It's been out long enough. It's been They've out had long time. Enough. Yes. I think there should be like a certain, like two months after film releases, we should be able to talk about it. But he killed off Kanan in a fiery explosion trying to save someone. Okay? And then at the very end, 
you leave us on a damn cliffhanger with Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger getting thrown out into hyperspace by the space wells. And then all we get is an old ass Ahsoka Tano chilling with Sabine at the end. And then da 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 da. You know, the normal shit. But give this man a movie. I want that shit in a movie or a saga. Like, <laughs> fuck J- Ryan Johnson. As much as I like The Last Jedi. Give that money to Dave Filoni. Oh, hell, if it's half as good as Rebels or Clone Wars, we'll be set. Exactly. That's, that's going to go down in history as some of the greatest Star Wars right there. Tr- trust, what, trust what you have. Quit going out on limbs. Yep. It, don't break the... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That, that's right. That's, that's exactly right. Fourth plot point before I get off too off the rails here. Disney has done experimenting with newer, unusual filming. <laughs> 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 Literally what we were just yes. saying. And we'll go back to proven veteran... Ta- I did, it's almost like I write this shit. <laughs> and who knows they can handle a big budget Star Wars production in an effort to prevent future production, chaos, drama, and firings. Every fucking Star Wars movie since The Force Awakens have been plagued with production issues. Rogue One has two different versions of that movie. We have a trailer for Rogue One and half the fucking fi- uh, trailer is not even in the film. That happens a lot. It, oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. With a lot of movies, you see that. As, uh, but it's what they do is they throw uh, like certain scenes into a trailer to kind of try and sell it. It's not necessarily well. The reason movie. this happened is because the director changed to Gareth Edwards. Oh yeah, they had two directors, kind of like what they did with Solo. Solo. Yeah, ninety uh, percent of Solo was reshot. Mm-hmm. I knew that. That is ridiculous. <laughs> where, where is that ninety percent of the movie that was finished by the time they were done? It's it's going to surface at some point. Oh, it, it, has, it to. has to. Someone's going to leak to. that shit. It's it's two thousand eighteen. We're we're getting it at some point. Where's Ryan Reynolds when you need him? <laughs> he leaked <laughs> right? the Deadpool footage. He can leak yes. this too. <laughs> Nothing in either statement. The THR states Disney is halting production of Star Wars movies. They're not going to. They spent four billion dollars. They're releasing Galaxies. They're opening Galaxy's Edge next year. They're still making TV shows under Dave Filoni. We're still getting live action shows. They're releasing a Disney streaming service. They're not going to get rid of the intellectual property as large as Star Wars with the biggest fan base like ever. Star Wars is pop culture. Mm-hmm. It is the epitome. It is the lo- the living reason that pop culture exists. Without those action figures, I don't think action figures would be what they are today. Nope. If those movies were never released, special effects would not be what they are today. Fucking Pixar would not exist. Like, you got to think about this stuff. With There's actually an episode of what, DC's Legends of Tomorrow called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And have you seen this episode? No, I actually quit watching Legends of Tomorrow, but I know uh, well of what you speak. Okay. So, like, that's a good, if you want to see what the world would be like without Star Wars, it's a pretty bad place, people. <laughs> it's a pretty bad place. Yeah, then we're just listening. You guys bitch about Donald Trump and stuff. Imagine a world without Star Wars. No Star Wars. <laughs> we're left to Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> everyone would be a Borg. Uh but he, uh, the whole the production of Star Wars movies, he actually makes the point to bring up the projects are still in development, including the brand new saga by Game of Thrones series creators David Benoff and D.B. Weiss, and I believe that's going to be aimed at adults. Obviously, it. I don't see that being anything other than titties and Star Wars. <laughs> Let's be honest. There, there's going to be a sex scene in there. There's going to be. Uh, that's going to be NC-17 if I've ever seen it. Oh yeah. I mean. And what's with Amelia Clark and like literally all the Game of Thrones actors come to Star Wars at some point? Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Amelia Clark. I'm sure there's a list somewhere that someone's made on the internet of all these Games of Thrones actors coming over. And now we got the creators of Game of Thrones coming over here and uh, making a series. Uh, how did you feel about Kira? Well, let's go off on another sidebar here because that's what we do on this show. <laughs> uh, but how did you feel about Kira's role in uh, Solo? Uh, I still haven't watched it yet, actually, man. Oh, you haven't watched Solo? No, I still haven't watched Solo. Then we'll talk about it another time. (laughs) But that could uh, simply be Iger not feeling the need. Oh, we also realized we didn't mention Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which I wrote an article about the other day. It's still happening, people. It's not going anywhere. Get off Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, but it could be simply be Iger not feeling the need to run down every product that they have in development. There is a large pipeline filled with Star Wars shit. And we're just getting the tip. Yeah, it's not going anywhere soon, anytime soon. He didn't mention Favreau's live action series either, but we know that's happening. I believe that's just going to come out with the Disney streaming service. 
What, what do you think the streaming service is going to be called? I think it's going to be something off the wall. I don't know, but I know, I did read that it's going to be cheaper than Netflix. Okay, <laughs> so that's what they're going to do. I, I, I did read it, so they're only projecting to uh, charge about seven ninety nine a month. Uh, that's justified to watch if, if, if they get the, mo- the movie rights back from TNT. Which you just that's know. just the first one. Yes, it's the original. Uh-uh. All of them. I thought, I thought TNT only had... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Really? Streaming rights also, they have it. They offered $256 billion. And they said no. No, million dollars. And they said no. Wow. They should have never signed that deal with Turner Broadcasting. No. Uh, they're going to have to pay to get their own franchise back. That's sad. Really that's, that's sad. But if that happens, the only movies we're getting on the streaming service will be Rogue One, Solo, and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Not Force Awakens either, because they have that too. That's so that, uh, <laughs> that's why Force Awakens isn't on Netflix. Yes, I didn't realize that. Yes, uh, they fucked themselves. I'd say because that announcement came a year after uh, <laughs> they signed that deal. <laughs> what the hell did they think was going to happen? <sighs> TNT's just not going to give up Star Wars. And I, th- I think Fox had, I think what you're referring to is the Fox thing they had with episode four. Oh, yes. yes. That is it. That's, that's right. Talking. But that's right. That's not an issue anymore, no, that's not Chad. An issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, the Fox deal is going to happen. They're, gonna, they're getting it back. Yeah. Uh, they now own Fox. <laughs> well, you know what they should do is maybe they could swap some of the Fox's franchises and get the TV rights back to the Star Wars trilogies. That's right. That's very right. Yeah, give Turner Alien and Predator. They'd, 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 go, <laughs> they'd go nuts with that. Yes. That doesn't belong at Disney. <laughs> Have you watched the new Predator movie? No, I wanted to, but I, I, I've heard mixed reviews about it, man. It's, it's pretty funny. It's, it's funny. Uh, there's like no horror elements to it, but it's, uh, it's very funny. I, I'm just gonna say it's very funny because there's a lot of callbacks to Predator. Nice. Uh, there's even a get to get to the chopper scene. <laughs> so. But we got some exciting news about Andy Serkis, which you may know him as Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Just kidding. He's uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> Andy Serkis canceled a recent appearance at the Keystone Comic Con in Philly. Nobody's going to go to that anyway, no. which was held over the last weekend. There's been a trend of Star Wars alumni canceling previous scheduled appearances. That's what happens prior to or during the filming for the new movies. Snoke's dead people. If they bring them back, they're stupid. He was cut in half. We've seen his dead body with his tongue hanging out. Uh, if anything, they'll bring him back as a as a ghost. Like, or a, like a Sith ghost. Or that'd be great. That'd be the first Sith ghost we saw. This information can be on the Keystone Comic Con website, which shows that Andy Serkis and prolific voice actor Nolan North were the only two people to cancel. Nolan North. I've heard that name yeah, before. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that sounds really good. He did really something familiar. in Star Wars before. I guarantee he does something in Star Wars. I'm going to do a little Google check on old new one north here. Uh, he voices Jerry in Rick and Morty. No, he doesn't. He does have a credit in Rick and Morty, though. I know that name from somewhere. I, don't, I know it too, man. Here we go. Uh, ben 10. That could be one. Uh, Grim Adventures, Bill Mandy, Back in the Barnyard, Clone Wars, uh, he has to have done something that we know, Earth Mightiest Heroes, Avengers TV, uh, movie, Scooby-Doo, Generator Rex, Transformers Prime and Smokescreen, Krang from Ninja Turtles. It sounds like he just does a lot of voiceover animation work. Scroopy Noopers and Rick and Morty. <laughs> okay. Uh, live action stuff? Nothing. Just stupid fucking TV shows. Uh, films? He was in Star Trek. As like a helmsman for the USS Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a big role. <laughs> yes. List of voice performances and direct video. List of voice performances and feature films. Oh, he does the seagull in SpongeBob. Oh, video games. Oh, okay. 
Okay, he's All a video right. game guy. That's, that's a long, extensive list right there. <laughs> okay, we're good now. We know where we heard him from. Somewhere in video games. In I'm, I'm, still, I'm still pretty sure I've heard from him in Ben 10. Oh, okay. That would be probably... Probably saw the name in, like, uh, credits or something. Probably, yeah. Nathan Drake from Uncharted. He did Nathan Drake. Yeah. Oh, voice. that's... Uh, then that's probably... <laughs> that's definitely where Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good... Yes. Anyway. With the only two people to cancel their appearances, Circus making cancellation while episode 9 is filming at Pinewood Studios seems suspicious, and according to IMDb, Circus currently doesn't appear. It could have even been for, like, a flashback scene. With Star Wars these days, we have flashback scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, For all we know, we could see him getting Kylo for the first time, meeting Kylo. But, uh, we can see him feeling that raw power he talks about. Uh, Circus currently doesn't appear to be filming anything between Mowgli, which he directed and stars in, which we talked about pre-show, being completed in one of his next projects, Animal Farm, from Netflix, which he will also direct, not starting production for a while. However, we can report that we've heard the Circus did indeed cancel his appearance. Okay, this is just a long-ass article about Hoopla, about him Mike coming back as Snoke. I'm not going to take this seriously, because we've seen him die Probably going to be the same reason why uh, Luke's coming back. We're going to see some sort of Force Ghost, something maybe. Rather, it's hard to tell. It could be something he's doing for Mowgli. Even. We don't know. So, let's both talk about this. So, Solo's out. We know that. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out yesterday with the physical copies. Uh, we got a bonus clip about like the animal noises for the different creatures. And then I I showed you the snowball fight scene before. Yeah, I, I got a kick out of that. I'm, I guarantee that was from the uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller solo. I don't see Ron Howard doing putting that in a Star Wars movie. I mean, then we got some uh, concept art, which seems to be the Falcon, where they had some, they had a different cockpit in the front instead of the escape pod. Which, oh, wow. which is why it's really different looking there. It is. I don't like it. No. Uh, the second artwork kind of looks like. Uh, what's his name? Ralph McQuarrie. Very reminiscent of Ralph McQuarrie. Yes, it is. The second one, for some reason, Han Solo looks like Mr. Bean. And uh, Lando looks like Kofi Kingston. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Does Han not look like Mr. Bean, though? Like, he looks like Rowan Atkinson, kind of. Yeah, from a distance, he does, actually. Uh, Chewie just doesn't have anything, and the Falcon's very clean inside. That kind of stayed. Also, did you notice the chair? And the Falcon's yellow compared to brown? I see that. I'm guessing the brown is just going to be a faded yellow. Yeah. Like, it's aged. Huh. Because the Falcon does not look like this whenever (laughs) we see it in New Hope. Chewie and Han have wrecked that thing. It's probably from Chewie rubbing his back everywhere. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's like a, you have a dog living in there, a giant dog. Uh, there's a, some more concept art. Very Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. I, I don't know. People, this definitely looks like Ralph McQuarrie stuff. But it has to be derivative of it. But just another sequence from Solo. Uh, a really cool scene, which looks like the Falcon coming from out of a planet which didn't happen in the movie. So this must be from one of the cut scenes from Phil Lord. It's like two planets colliding. That's pretty That's pretty cool there. Oh, yeah. Or asteroids. Oh, yeah. Remember when they killed Chewie by having him crushed by a planet? <laughs> <laughs> that was like huge back then. They said, you know, George Lucas put down the order that one of the main characters had to die. And so they made the decision to have Chewie, and what they do, they drop the fucking planet on him. (laughs) Was that Rax's Prime? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, There seems to be a scene below that, like a picture from that, uh, that is... I don't know. This looks like some abstract fucking Andy Warhol shit. Uh, No, I'm not a big fan of that. But the other one looks like like the Maw chase. There's a lot more TIE Fighters in this one. I think this could be the Kessel Run. Yep, definitely the Kessel Run, because there's this face well. Oh, yeah. So that's definitely the Kessel Run. Uh, 
just another like, weird shot. And then the final concept art, which I'm fine with what the Falcon looks like in Solo. Uh, it adds lore. And anything that adds lore, I'm okay with. <laughs> it shows a different way that Chewie and Han got on the Falcon on Van- Vandor. Vandor. And then the second one looks like a pissed off Ewok. I see that. That, <laughs> that that's that's a, that's one you got to frame for up here on the wall. Yes. <laughs> and then we got a Chewie with some crazy fucking hair. Looks like you got a little uh, static electricity going on there. And then the last picture we actually did get in the movie, which be which is from the escape scene after Chewie puts the boots to talk to Han. And then we got an awesome shot which looks to be the Falcon going on Savarine at the end of Solo because it does not have the escape pod in the front. It's definitely beat to hell. And that's a, and that's a desert planet. That's that's a beautiful artwork right there. It is. It's cool that how we can see like the, the way it's shifted. The yeah, we can see the evolution of everything. Yes. Uh, this is just a picture of the 4K release. But there's there's even more concept images released below that. Again, uh, the set the first and second images we both got actually in the movie. The first one being on, I can't remember what the mud trooper shit was, but the second one's Vandor heist. Uh, and the third one seems to be a very feminine looking emphasis nest. Is that how you're taking that photo, Chad? That definitely looks that way. Okay. It's definitely got a very, very, feminine, standing very feminine pose standing yeah. there. And Mahan in this one actually looks like Alden. And Chewie has a single bandolier with a bowcaster, and he actually doesn't have that. And only I will probably ever notice this, but the DL-44 that Han has is the Empire Strikes Back one and not the New Hope. The scope's on the side instead of the yeah, top. Yeah, I see that. Which I have sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and Chewie did not have a bowcaster in Solo, so this is very early stuff, and I feel like this is... And, and this is blue and gray and brown instead of red, yellow, and brown. Uh, and you can clearly tell she's a girl in this one, and in the new one you can't tell. And Han seems to be wearing more... Uh, I don't know, early A New Hope type clothes. Yeah, it almost looks like uh, some kind of part of an Imperial uniform or something. Yes, or what's left of one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got an awesome photo of Chewie and Han. Han looking very reminiscent of A New Hope Han, considering the blood-straight Corellian pants. And then we got Vandor Han with, uh, I don't know, looks like a coat a Jewish woman would buy. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a dead Wookiee. <laughs> yes. Then we got an actual dead Wookiee. Uh, <laughs> that's some abstract <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> then we got a scene which is Han and Chewie playing in water with Kira. Wa- no, Tobias watching in the background. Huh. And then that silly fucking photo with, with Chewie's hair. And then we got an ATST chasing Han and Chewie through the trenches of of wherever that planet is whenever he's a mud trooper. And the mud trooper as Han looks very different in this photo. Uh, There's another picture of the, the Ewok and Chewbacca. All the dice <laughs> having more more meaning there. Okay. Uh, what's the next photo? So it's Chewie saves Han's life. <laughs> <laughs> this must be early concept stuff for whenever they... Uh, we're coming up with ways of Han meeting Chewie. Yeah, this is, this is very, very early pre-production. It has to be. Uh, what's the next stuff? Come on, load computer. Oh, it just it's just that photo again with Han reaching out to Chewie. This is just all stuff that could have been, I guess. Some stuff that actually was. So, we got action figure news. Uh... This is going to be a new part of the Dubek Discussion Podcast. We're going to go through some new action figure stuff. Uh, let's see here. Let's have an intro.
was it's Darth Vader, watch out! And he's got a lightsaber! It's Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. I got you now, Ben Kenobi! With R2-D2 and C-3PO, there's even Chewbacca and Han Solo. Someone's coming, Joey. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker! Now I know the Force is with us. Darth Vader, R2-D2, C-3PO, and other Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. So, action figure news this week. I think that's a good way to have it. That was that was killer. Nice little vintage uh, yes. commercial there. Uh, and the reason that I bring this up is that all the figures that we're about to talk about, minus the Sandcrawler, are vintage line figures and will make Chad a very happy man. Oh, yes. Dr. Aphra, which is the first lesbian in Star Wars that we know of, who actually tries to get with Han's old love interest, not Kira, the second one after her. but. Yeah, we got a three-pack of her with her droids. Uh, but this looks excellent. She has a DL-44, a removable vest. Looks like maximum articulation. The face kind of looks derpy, but... Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> it's a three and three-quarter inch, and the, the card looks pretty legit. Just wish they could have made the figure look more like the artwork on the card, the facial-wise. Oh. That's, that's very true. Uh, we don't have an... Oh, retail price, $12.99. Availability, September. Uh, it's a repack of the special action figure set that I said about. Uh, yeah, it's... It is what it is, I guess. It looks good, but it could be better. I mean, everything could be better. Definitely. Uh, the next figure we have... What is it, Chad? Cassian, yes. Now that is a much better looking figure right there. Better love for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a not secure website, that's why. Uh, yeah, it looks better. Uh, I feel like it's still hard to do facial hair on such small figures. Yeah, yeah, it really just looks like it's you know, kind of sharpied on there. This is the same price as the last one, again, September. Uh, he comes with a blast rifle, three parts, one part reduces to a blaster pistol, removable vest also. If you take the vest off, he looks silly. Don't do that. Please. Uh, the gun coming in three parts is pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely different. Uh, Rogue One vintage looking packaging on the back. Just I'm talking about more figures that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But instead of vintage stuff, let's talk about the Droid Factory Sandcrawler that was announced. Uh, Droid Factory is a line of Star Wars figures that focuses around droids, as in the name. But all right, here we go, folks. A special, extra special thanks to friends and GTA Droid Jedi Temple Archives. Reader Logan were able to provide an exclusive look and interior and exterior of the Droid Factory Sandcrawler. Now, Chad, when you were... Uh a small child, did you have a sand crawler? I did not, but my cousin did. But your cousin did. My cousin yeah. did. Uh, we always, uh, they lived in West Virginia in Morgantown, and we'd go there a couple of times a year, and he had everything. All the figures, the vehicles, everything. Now, did you see that this has one of the uh, features from the old Kenner figure? Yes. It has the drop-down thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, the drop-downs for the droids. Uh, the sand crawler looks huge. It's not to scale. I feel like the sand crawler is massive. Yeah, it can't be to scale. You, you get it to scale, the thing's going to be the size of a friggin' wagon. Yes. Again, it's just for kids. They don't care. Uh, yeah, it looks just like a sand crawler. Uh, you put your gonk droids up there, your astromechs. The pictures do it justice. I mean, you really you got a lot of playroom, and kids will just love this to death. Uh, lots of interior shots. I mean, that expands the playtime. And the possibilities of play. Uh, the side opens up like the vintage Kenner figure. The front has a hook for grabbing droids. Another shot of the inside panel. Two Jawas. Those look like shit. <laughs> uh, they look like burlap sacks. Gonk droids. Yeah, but they did look like burlap sacks in the movie. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, top shot. This would be cool to put in a diorama. I feel like it should be weathered more on that, the inside. That, that was my thought, too. Yeah. It looks too 
clean. clean. Star Wars isn't clean. This isn't the prequels, people. Not everything's clean. Uh, oh, there's little lights and shit. Yeah, I like the fact that lights up. That that's, really, cool. that's really awesome. Why are they using yellow LEDs? It's 2018. Where's the white ones at? That's a good question. Price would be like eighty dollars and the LEDs. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a cool toy. I mean, we don't got a lot of uh, vehicles. Yeah, not not big playsets like this. It's true. Uh, old man Luke. What do you think, Chad? Oh, hold on. Let me pull that one up. I'm still looking at the sand crawler. Uh, <laughs> uh, this probably looks the best. The beard looks better than the Cassian. Yeah. Yeah, that they did. They really went all out on this. I feel one. like his eyes kind of look weird though. Oh, and they're actually using a cloth cape. It should be mandatory though. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the eyes. He has real squinty eyes. Maybe that's something they'll they'll fix later on in production. Yeah, but I guess it's hard to do eyes though. Yeah, yeah, I figure that small. But otherwise, it looks really good. I do like the cloth cape. Yes, and this is vintage. This is still vintage collection. People that buy these aren't going to open them. No. Because they want those card backs, you know. Uh, that's what it's all about. I, th- I think that's why, you know, you're seeing less detail in the face, too, is because they're trying to be fitted with the vintage look of the old figures in the 80s, too. Yes. yes. And probably one of the best figures. Uh, I have a six-inch black series. But the Range Trooper from Solo has its own vintage collection thing. And you know, it's a Range Trooper with the magnetic feet. So, yeah, that does look really cool. It's a troop builder, guys. Like, that's all it is. Just another way for Disney to make the money. Yeah, it's all about merchandising with Star Wars. <coughs> but we're going to wrap up the show here. But first, we're going to put a little bit of business. Uh, remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Dubac Discussion. Also visit visit DubacDiscussion.net, your source for everything Star Wars. Listen to the Dubac Discussion podcast on iTunes. Blueberry and SoundCloud also listen to the Bantha Babble podcast with, with a solo episode coming up soon called Solo on Solo. Uh, no, going solo for solo, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah, solo on solo is something else. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what pops up in your browser history. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got that coming out this week. And we did a live stream yesterday called Play With My Sarlacc. Uh, <laughs> I did watch some of that. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, we will be attending uh, Steel City Comic Con in December. Not as a vendor this time, or as a spectator. We'll have cards with us. Come visit Jared and I at Steel City Con. Uh, but that's about it. Stay up to date. With uh, everything do back discussion, follow our social medias, guys. That's, I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, we will be posting episodes on Tuesdays starting next week instead of Wednesdays. So from here on out, henceforth, new back discussions shall be released on Tuesdays. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it. Also, visit Curio Cool in Zealandopole, Pennsylvania for all your Star Wars collectibles and 80s vintage nostalgia. But. Thank you, Chad, for joining me. Oh, on this. thanks for having me. I had a blast, man. This is great. This 30th anniversary episode. <laughs> we are at number 30 already, guys. That's that's crazy. Never thought I'd get to episode 30. But it's been an hour. That's that's my showtime. But that's uh, TJ Bowser signing off. Chad Crispin signing off. Signing off. Uh, thank you, guys. Bye. <laughs>